everyone. It is Dave and Jeff. It is July 31st, 2022. Dave, I, I didn't even realize uh, looking at the calendar, but tomorrow's August 1st. So happy August 1st to you. And uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Crazy, uh, crazy week, man, to say the least. Yeah, well, I think you need to get everybody up to date of what's what's happened to you because last time people heard from you, you were headed to Atlantic yeah. City the next day. Yeah, that was a week ago tonight. We did a show, and I was in the garage. Uh, actually, had just gotten out of Comic Con. Yeah, had worked Comic Con uh, and had a great time. Met a bunch of people, and and it was just it was a blast. So we came into the garage did a uh, did an early show because I had an early morning flight, uh, San Diego to Chicago, Chicago to Philly, and then on to Atlantic City. And so, you know, my kids are out of town, so we were able to record the show. Told you, all right, I'll see you in uh, 10 days. Uh, the plan was to come back. You know, if the Juan Soto trade had gone through, we had talked about doing a show during the week, but basically our plan was to do a show on the trade deadline. So August 2nd, we were going to be back. Uh, so I walk out of there Sunday night and everything's <laughs> going along fine. Dave, I get up at five thirty in the morning on Monday to, uh, head to the airport, take a quick shower, get out of the shower. And all of a sudden I'm not feeling right. And I go, that's weird. And next thing I know I'm getting sick in a trash can. Oh boy. Now for context, now, for, yeah, for context, when I talked to my ex about this later on, she said in all of our years together, whatever it was, 15, 16, 17 years, she goes, I don't ever remember you getting sick like that. So, yeah, it's a little unnerving, but I just, I, I always, Dave, I don't know for you, but for me when I'm flying, I always get up extra early, leave myself plenty of time, especially because there's construction so I text the guys that I'm flying with. I go, look, man, I'm not feeling right. I'm going to play this thing by ear and I'll let you know. Yeah. But tw about 20 minutes go by, start feeling better. I go, you know what? I'm on my way. So I get to the airport get checked in, check my bag in and, uh, make my way down to the gate. And I'm talking with my friends about what happened to Dave. I'm still, I'm still not quite there. So now they call my boarding group. And I, Dave, they literally had scanned my ticket. I was ready to start down, you know, the tunnel to the plane. And I made a decision and I said to the boarding agent, I said, hey, man, you know what? I'm not feeling great. I'm going to step out for out of common courtesy to everybody here. So I step out of line. I let my two friends know from work, listen, this isn't going away. I'll text you later. Dave, I get out front and literally threw up eight times in the trash can Jesus. out front of the airport. So, um, yeah, thank God I'm not sitting in seat 30F <laughs> when that would have happened. Will somebody hand me a All bag, right? please? <laughs> Dude, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. And, and I, I circle back to what my ex said. It's not something that happens for me. So I'm sitting there and. Listen, I don't want to go into great detail, but anybody who's ever gotten sick, you know that it's like this acidic kind of burn in your throat, in your mouth, the whole thing. Yeah. As I'm sitting there, Dave, I didn't have any of that. It like I went, I got a bottle of water. I rinsed my mouth out about a thousand different times. 
nobody at the airport even saw what happened. Like people are just doing their own thing. And I'm sitting there and I know I got to go home, but I'm like, I don't feel like used to feel after a night in TJ or something like that. So I come home, I text my buddies. I go, look, this is what happened. I'm glad I stepped out of line, lay down for a little bit, two o'clock in the afternoon, I get hit again. Another wave, same thing, like seven times getting sick. So uh, went to urgent care Monday night. They ran blood tests. They do everything. The lady there said, hey, um, your blood came back fine. Everything came back fine. But we would highly suggest you go to the ER. Well, I didn't. I just went home because I had this really insane cramping in my ribs but I thought it was from dry heaving, yeah. right? And so I said, you know, I'm just going to go. So I Monday night I went home. Tuesday I just hung out at the house. Wednesday I get up in the morning and I'm feeling pretty good. And I go uh, to work. I actually worked in our Carlsbad office on Wednesday. Okay. But about three, but about three o'clock in the afternoon, I start feeling a little bit, you know, run down. And I said to the guys on the team, "Hey, look, I'm going to cut out." And I come home six o'clock it's still just this crazy cramping from like rib cage to rib cage right and so i drove myself i drove myself to scripts green where ironically our friend ali ratcliffe happened to be at the same time wow but i drove myself to scripts green and i checked into urgent care and i started telling the people at scripts what was going on so they had me under observation. They start doing lab work, the whole thing. And the guy comes in and a uh, really incredible guy. And he goes, look, I believe you have an intestinal hernia from looking at CAT scans and your x-rays. It looks like part of your uh, intestine has wrapped around itself. And I think we should do surgery. He said, we can do one of two things. We can do surgery or we can try this thing called a contrast and basically what that is dave is you you drink this thing that tastes like gasoline yeah they check it all night and you either pass it or you vomit it out and if you vomit it out it confirms there's a blockage so the doctor said do you want to do the contrast or the surgery and i started laughing and i said look man i i spent a lot of time in sports media and it felt like every time they went to plan B. Uh, they always circled back to plan A. Yeah. So I said, if you think we need to do surgery, sign the papers, I'm in. Let's go. So he goes, okay, well, let's just observe. And he's starting to ask me about symptoms and different things that I'm feeling. And the weird thing was, as I'm laying there in uh, the emergency room at Scripps, for the first time since probably Sunday, Dave, my stomach starts rumbling. Like I was saying, you know, like when you've been laying around watching football and all of a sudden you start getting hungry. Yeah. And my stomach starts just, you know, rumbling and doing all these different things. But at the same time, the pain starts going away. So I'm explaining this to the doctor. So I go, look, I'm not a hypochondriac. I'm just telling you things are starting to change. So they kept me overnight for observation. This was Wednesday into Thursday. And then Thursday morning, the guy said, look, we're, we're going to do plan B. And he said, we're going to do the contrast. So I said, okay. So they bring it in and you drink this stuff. 
And then over the course of the afternoon, it starts to pass. I'm not throwing it up. And he goes, how you doing? I said, I feel great. So my energy feels great. And um, I'm feeling pretty good. He goes, man, this is weird. He goes, I would have, he goes, Wilma's did surgery twice last night on you. But he goes, you're not showing any symptoms of what the typical intestinal blockage patient looks like. I'm glad we didn't catch you. And I said, yeah, me too, right? No need for unnecessary surgery. So he said, look, why don't you order lunch and, uh, and order lunch and stay here for an hour and let's see what happens after you eat. Because really by that time, uh, Thursday night, the only thing I'd had since Sunday were two scrambled eggs at some point during the week. I hadn't had anything to eat. I'd also been extremely dehydrated as they're, you know, pumping fluid. They put those IV fluids. I think I went through six from Wednesday into Thursday. So they're trying to get me hydrated and they, they go, Hey, order away. And David made a huge mistake like any guy would do, but I got a burger and like a Gatorade and like a ginger ale because you're, you're starving. You haven't eaten yeah. since Sunday. So I had the meal and I'm sitting there and uh, they check in on me in like an hour. They go, how you feeling? So, Feel great now. Had the chance to eat. They go, great. We're going to give it another half hour. If nothing's acted up. Uh, we're going to discharge it. It's perfect. So I get discharged out at six o'clock on uh, Thursday night. I come home, take a shower, right? Because you've been in the hospital all day and just kind of lay down watching part of the Padre game. And uh, I kind of fall asleep because they had woken me up throughout the night, taking my vitals, doing blood, doing everything, trying to figure it out. And at 11 o'clock Thursday night, it's without joke, Dave, I woke up in the worst pain I've ever experienced in my life. Torn ACL, broken ankles. It doesn't matter anything you've gone through. I've never experienced anything like I felt at 11 o'clock Thursday night, I was sweating like I couldn't imagine. And it just felt like I had 10 broken ribs. Really? So I didn't, yeah. So I didn't know if it was a reaction to what I did. I just didn't have any idea. And so the first thing that I did was I went down out in front of my place and just started walking because I just wanted to see like, if I started walking around, if it would like any cramp, like maybe the cramp would go away. Well, that wouldn't go away. It didn't matter if I stood up or if I laid down. The The pain level was when I, I, I got, I had to go back. I had to go back to urgent care. And when they said, okay, what's your pain level? Well, when I had checked in on Wednesday, I said, I don't know, maybe a four, a three, a four. When they talked to me on Thursday night, they said, what's your pain level now? And I said, about a 37. I go, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I said, I don't. I don't know when I've ever felt anything like this. So the guy, the team over there at Scripps was great. They give me a shot for the pain and it didn't matter, Dave. I've never broken ribs. Yeah. But I have to imagine the one thing I was visualizing is when Drew Brees a few years ago busted all those. And I feel like we did a show and we talked about like, what do you do? Well, I've do done it twice. Down, you... Yeah, I've done it twice. Yeah. yeah. Can you sit down? Can you lie down? It just... <sighs> It's, right? it's it's the only injury I've ever had that it gets worse as time goes on. So 
Ah. I, I would have told you you're probably on day three of broken ribs the way you're describing. Now you can't sit and you can't lie down and you can't breathe. You can't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it felt like. And the whole, just your whole abdomen just felt like everything was tied, not in one knot, but it felt like there was about just a row of a dozen knots by a dozen knots. So they, they gave me a huge painkiller and they came in on me like 10 minutes later and I was, I stood up from the bed and I was standing against the wall, just sweating like crazy. And the guy said to me, Hey, has the painkiller kicked in? I said, not in the slightest. He goes, lay down. I'm going to give you another one. Gives me another one. And it knocks me out. So they, again, uh, I get admitted into uh script screen in La Jolla. This is early Friday morning. And, they come in, they go, okay, look, we're going to have to do uh, surgery. We're doing surgery this afternoon. Again, we think it's this, that, the whole deal. I said, okay, I go into surgery at uh, three o'clock Friday afternoon. And I come out three hours later and to get to the chase, my doctor, Dr. Lim, who was, you know, you see these people on TV all the time and they thank their medical staff. And I'm sure like, you know, you've done what, what I do all the time where you're like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And you, and you just kind of let it roll off your back until you're in that situation. And you realize just like how much better these people are than I am <laughs> because of what they do. The, the, the nurses there, the doctors there, the support staff, it just, I was just a guy in room 402. Allie yeah. Radcliffe was on my same floor and they just, they're unbelievable. They're just unbelievable how they look out for you. But the frustrating thing was that at five o'clock on, you know, Friday as I'm, or, you know, probably eight o'clock actually, as I'm coming out of it, they tell me we couldn't find it. We went five different places looking for the cause and we couldn't find anything. And so we don't know. And, so now, you know, Dave, this is what happens, right? Because this is the society that we live in. Yeah. So you explain that to people and then and not everybody, but you have people that are like, oh, well, is that a lawsuit? No, it's not a <laughs> fucking lawsuit. So like, What's wrong with these people? It's not a fucking lawsuit. Like I was the guy there. I was in every conversation. I was well aware of what was going on. I was very well aware of the concern of every one of the staff members that treated me at script screen. And I could not be more thankful to any of them. And it's just as fucking like, Hey, how about the fact that none of us know what caused it? And we don't know where we go from here instead of, should I sue anybody? Like Jesus Christ, right? No, it's not a fucking lawsuit. Like I'm so indebted to them. And and so that's the whole thing. But the crazy thing was they, they do this thing and, and it's called an NG tube. Dave, are you familiar with that? I think so. The NG tube for people that don't know, it's a plastic tube that they run up your nose yeah, yeah. and it goes down into your stomach Yeah, and it drains it. And they came into me on uh, Friday morning and they said, Hey, we want to put in an NG tube. And I said, look, I'll be the best patient you can have, but I'm not doing that. I go, I've, the pain level that I have right now, I can't, I can't breathe because anywhere you move laterally, it hurts. And I go, I've heard that's a miserable thing and we're not doing it. So 
So as I go into, I'm getting ready for surgery, my doctor, Dr. Lim, comes in. She goes, Jeff, I need the NG tube, but can I do it when you're, when you're under? I go, perfect. Do that. I won't feel a thing. But then when you wake up, Dave, and you've got this plastic tube, every time you swallow, it just feels like you have like a wood chip in your, in your breathing tube, right? So you can't get rid of it. Yeah. So uh, yesterday morning, Dr. Lim comes in. You know, I had that thing. Didn't sleep at all from 8 o'clock Friday till 10 o'clock yesterday morning. And she comes in and she goes, do you want that tube out? I go, yeah, let's go. So she, she takes it out and we're talking and she could not have been more candid, more awesome. Like, and the cool thing is I just said to her, I go, you're a pretty competitive person, huh? And, and she kind of <laughs> gave me a, she gave me a weird look. And I said, the only reason why I say that is I go, I think you kind of took this personal. She goes, Jeff, I cannot tell you enough how many people I called in to figure it out, to go, where do we go? What happened? What am I not looking at? What am I not missing? She goes, Jeff, I, I don't. I am very competitive, and I don't lose, and this frustrates me a lot. So, you need, yeah, she... You needed House, you know? You ever see the TV show yeah. House? Yeah, you need that guy. I know. Where was that guy? But uh, <laughs> uh, Dr. Leanne Lim at, uh, at Scripps, and like I said, just all of the people there. So they released me last night and I'm home, uh, you know, just kind of taking it easy. And so, you know, again, I love everybody that checks in and, you know, Kenyatta, Hey, I have a girlfriend that works there. Great dude. Wonderful. Have a blast. I'm trying to figure out surgery. Like our friends, Dave are the dumbest and the greatest friends you could ever <laughs> have. Right. But it was like, you know what, Dave, this is why I love key. And I'll always love key. Because when you're kind of thrown off by everything, I laughed my ass off. It was great because I'm like, this guy is a maniac. Um, but it was really, really good. And so, yeah, I'm back home. I've had, you know, 50 family members and friends say, well, now what? I literally don't know. I, I don't know. And Dr. Lim doesn't know. The right. plan was to go go in and cut out a two. Because as they did CAT scans and everything else, it appeared they thought they saw the hernia. So they were going to go in and cut this hernia out and take it out. And then as they go in and I've got four different incisions on me to show where they went, um, there wasn't anything. And so, you know, the whole deal. So I just, I came home last night. I took about a 40 minute walk today. When you and I are done, take a shower. I'm going to just go down and walk crystal pier and do those kind of things and, and just do the things that she's asked me to do. But I, I don't really have an, an answer at this point. Dr. Lim doesn't have an answer at this point, but like I said, there's a handful of people that know, and uh, you knew obviously you were in the whole thing, but, um, but yeah, I appreciate everybody. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, a pretty insane week. And it's just, just being honest, it's a little unsettling, not knowing what could happen within you know, could it happen again in two hours, two weeks, or does it never happen again? I don't know. Of course. Are you waiting for like the pain to come back? Like, are you sitting there going, uh Oh, well, that's the, yeah. You know, that, that's the thing. And, and it, yeah, hundred percent. And so look, I obviously blew it by overdoing it, um, with what I had for lunch. <laughs> and so, you know, last night it was much smarter. It's, 
got to tell you, Dave, on a Sunday, great jellos, goddamn perfect. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, a, a lot of things change, right? And so you have to be much, I was talking to Paul Vaden about it this morning. You just got to be much more careful moving forward and just decisions that you make, right? Probably lazy decisions that you make on, on a bunch of different things. You have to be more careful. Yeah. But I mean, blood tests came back fine. Liver, kidney, enzymes were all fine. Everything checked fine. Blood pressure was fine. Good. Heart checked out fine. All those different things checked out fine. Um, so, you know, no diabetes, no anything like that. It's just for there's something there. Um, so then the natural, you know, people say, uh, is it your gallbladder? That's what I asked. But what she explained was it would have been more on the right side. And what I was dealing with was more on the left side. Yeah. But we'll monitor the gallbladder moving forward. That ultimately could be something where I see my friend, Dr. Lim again. I don't know. But at this point, um, as I'm talking to you from PB, uh, just other than feeling where there's four different cuts on me, I feel that, but I don't feel any of the cramping or anything else. Jesus. All right. So if you're, then, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, but that's the other thing. So then dealing with the dehydration and everything else that was going crazy, but that's all under control. And, uh, man, I mean, you know, you guys don't need to hear it from me. Right. But I I'm very cognizant Dave, because you and I talk about it all the time. I have one son running cross country. I have another son playing freshman football. And one of the things that we do all day is talk about high, you know, staying hydrated, the signs that you can watch for, and you can go read about them. I'm not going to talk about them here, but there's signs you can watch for. And I was saying to my doctors, like, look, I'm very aware of these because I talk about them with my kids. I drink a ton of water every day. And, uh, but you know, it, 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 it was part of it. So, uh, not the, uh, not the ultimate cause of it. We still don't know what that is, but, uh, yeah, we just kind of, Going to be on the road to recovery. Wow, that is uh, that's that, that's crazy. I mean, it's crazy to think you know. You, of course, you were cut open and then didn't find anything. It's I mean, could have been worse. I, I laugh at the friends that say, right. "Who are you suing next?" Right, it's a lawsuit. I just yeah, it's insane, right? Because, yeah. like I said, Dave, and, and I, I just. I, I talk about this person a lot on this show, but there's there's somebody in my life named Joe Carlo, who's a doctor in Toronto. And I just, for anybody that has a friend that has a background, because while I know the people at Scripps wanted the absolute best treatment for me the whole time and proved it minute by minute of the entire four days I was in there, my friend Joe, who does this and knows it, was just, it was unbelievable. And she, Dave, she's at a gala on Friday and she's texting me. She stayed in touch with, you know, my mom and my sister to keep them like, this is what, you know, you can expect the whole thing. It's just, it's off the charts, man. And, and it reminds you uh, in a lot of different ways, Dave, just how lucky you and I are to have the people in our lives that look out for us, that care for us, that love us, man. Cause it, it's nothing we ever take for granted, but, uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's insane. And I'm very, very fortunate to have people in my life that care about me. I know it. And I, and I thank them all. 
That's cool. That is that is cool. So obviously, if you're listening to the show, it might sound a little bit different. I'm looking at the levels uh, in front of me, and it looks like you and I are matched up like we normally are when Jeff's sitting in front of me. But I'm not going to ask Jeff to yeah. to drive down here yeah. after just jumping out of the hospital less than 48 hours ago. Are you, um when, when can you start driving and and do your normal days? Well, we're seeing that's the other thing. So the hope would be to try to be back to work as early as Wednesday. Yeah. But it's, again, one of those things where we don't know what tonight's going to look like. We don't know what tomorrow's going to look like. So I was pretty excited. But, um, you know, my my work family has been amazing. You know, just having guys that jumped in. Our pal Jimmy Hughes, who's a subscriber, jumps in and gets to Atlantic City and covers the show for me. Hey, can you imagine you're just sitting there on a Monday you're doing your thing and you get two hours notice that, Hey, you got to go home, pack a bag and fly cross country. No. And Oh, by the way, you're and, Oh, by the way, you're going to be there for a week. Uh, and he did it. I and can't he did believe it. it. He, crushed, yeah. he did it. He crushed it. And, uh, he's checking in on me today to make sure I'm okay. And, and I mean, that's, you know, uh, we were laughing. I was telling, um, you know, the staff at scripts was like, Hey, do we have to send a letter to your company? I'm like, you have no idea how cool my company is. I had so many friends and coworkers checking in on me. I said, if I still worked at that piece of shit, I heart, <laughs> they'd be, uh, they'd be, they'd be wondering if I could do a show from pre-op they you know, and if I was wreck, if I was wrecking the brand. So dude, the, my family and Carl's batted upper deck. I, I just, I cannot say enough. I love those guys. They've stepped up for me a bunch of different times and, uh, and they did again over the weekend. So, they're just like, hey, let's play it by ear. We'll get you back in here. You can underachieve whenever uh, whenever you're ready to go. So I'd love to be – I miss them all. I love going to work every day. So I'm hoping to be back on Wednesday, but uh, we'll know more. I, I'll literally know more Tuesday because my goal is to be down there with you Tuesday night. Yeah. I'd love to do a trade deadline show. Yeah. but uh, and, and that's what I'm hoping, but I'm just uh, – not making any predictions at this point. You know, it's funny. Jimmy Hughes is a man's man. That that whole getting ready he to is, go for a week is ridiculous. Right. I'll tell you right now, that's a five-hour process for me to get ready to pull so, all my stuff aside for a week. He, it, Dave, and not only did he pull it off, and not only did he absolutely crush it at a trade show that he's never done where there's a thousand different moving pieces, and it's usually me and him there together, and I've been there longer, and I've done more of them, so he can kind of lean on me. He went by himself, cross country, and absolutely crushed it. Not only did he crush it, I needed him to be kind of co-host a dinner with nine of our most impactful buyers across the country. I'm talking like the highest level buyers. He killed it at that. He's checking on on me all the time. He is. He's absolutely a man's man. I, I fucking love that kid. He's just the greatest. And so, yeah, I mean, we should all be so fortunate to have a kid like Jimmy Hughes in our life. He's wow. the best. That's, that's something else. All right. but, it, but David, doesn't change the fact he's in the Dave and Jeff football league and we will beat the shit out of, course. of him in the league. He'll fuck that draft up, but, but for, he, I mean, he won't be Kenyatta, but he'll, uh, or, or Pete and Billy, but it, you know, he'll be pretty bad. Yeah. He'll take his loss like a man's man. That's what he'll do. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it goes. Thanks for making me laugh when I got nine different incisions of it. 
there you go. So, all right. So, there are a couple of things I want to hit on uh, baseball wise because we've yeah. already got about thirty minutes. And I don't want to keep you too long anyway. But uh, uh, first thing I want to start off with is uh, Joe Musgrove. We, we've been talking about this yeah. a lot on the show. It looks like his deal is going to be finalized. Five years, hundred million dollars. So it's six. Six years. Six years, hundred million. Dude, okay. Holy shit! I thought it was five. So, so here you go. I don't understand any of this, and. This has nothing to do with the Padres. I don't understand. I don't understand. So here's here's my thinking. Yeah. Like Aaron Judge yeah. completely gambled on himself. Where Aaron Judge right. told the Yankees, "No, that's okay. We're going to wait till the end of the year." Right. And then we'll, I know where we'll, you're going. Then we're going to talk. Yep. So here you have Joe yep. Musgrove, and as a baseball player, you've waited your entire career if you can make it this far right. to get to the good part. This is the yep. good part. You'll have 29 yep. teams, including the Padres bidding on your services and you can always come yeah. back to San Diego. So why in yeah. the world would you do this deal now? If you're Joe Musgrove, I don't, I don't understand it as, as, <laughs> and Padre fans are going to right now. We're saying, fuck you, Dave. I understand, but I'm asking yeah. you, you've been around sports as long as I have. Yeah. Why? I, you know what I think it is, Dave? I really think it is. I think what you're seeing in Joe Musgrove, and apparently there was a column the other day, sadly, I didn't have a chance to read it, but, um, I, honestly, Dave, I think Joe's got a little bit of Tony Gwynn in him. Well, it, it I, I didn't really work do. out well for Tony. I mean, it didn't. Well, no, but but when you look at that number, right? Like when I saw, the first thing I saw was five years, 100. And you go, okay, that's pretty good. 20 million a year, right? But when you watch him, and, and listen, I think the other thing is, I was texting back and forth, my kids are in Cabo right now. And I was texting back and forth with my son about where Musgrove was at the start to where he's been the last handful of outings. And I said, Jack, you cannot take the mental strain of trying to negotiate a contract out of the equation. You can't. Yeah. There's stuff going on. It's life changing. His family wants to know, are we staying or are we going? And as many times as I can see Joe lounging in the pool at the quant, I don't believe it's that relaxing for him, but I look at it and I go six years, hundred million, right? And you go, shit, man. I don't know, but but from a Padres perspective, from a fan's perspective, I'm thrilled. Um, from Joe's perspective, I guess he looked at it and said, I mean, I remember when they started with the eleven million? It was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, you and you and I said this. It might have been last Sunday when I was sitting with you. I'm like, the dude's a legit one. Like his mindset, his attitude, he takes it. He's a legit one and he's a hammer at the top of the rotation. And he's the guy that when 44 gets retired, uh, I mean, I, I don't know, I guess we'll find out in six years if it gets retired, probably a little too early to talk about that, but being the guy that threw the no hitter, the gross, you know, uh, the gross mind connection and everything else. But honestly, yeah, Dave, when I looked at it, I go, I, I, I don't know that I'd hire Joe's agent to be my agent. Fuck no. But I'm glad but I'm glad Joe hired that guy. No, no kidding. It's I, I mean it look, is he's so not, crazy. He, look, he's yeah, he's not Kyler Murray's agent. But no. uh but I mean and you go and you you go hundred million, but in the numbers for today, and you know, I remember when you said this about Tatis and I just kinda of thought you were being a dick like you always are. But sadly I have to admit there might have been something uh, right about what you said when we talked about the numbers and the term for Tatis I remember sitting in the garage that night and you said at what point does he get pissed because there's going to be a certain point 
where he's going to realize he's locked in for 14 years and these numbers are going to go crazy. Why wouldn't if he have done like a five-year deal and then had the opportunity to really cash in in another five? Yes. And the Musgrove thing is one I look at too, because I look at it and I'm like, get Joe's signature on it. But when you get to the off season and I get it, Joe's 30, right? But Dave, when he gets to the off season and starts seeing some of the money that's being thrown around when there's not a lot of, I mean, who's going to outbid him? Noah Syndergaard? No, come on. I mean, there's not a lot of guys that are going on that market. Yeah. All-star starting pitchers who are going to be available. I mean, look at the price that Luis Castillo just got back. Right. And you go. Three of the top five prospects. I mean, it's amazing what people are going for. From the Mariners farm system. From the Mariners farm system. So you go. If Max Scherzer is making forty-five million a year, and so Musgrove is going right. to be on pace to be to make what sixteen point four million a year, you're going, yeah. and we all know California taxes are ridiculous. You're going, so you're telling yes. me you're a third of what Max Scherzer is? That old guy? Tr- yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I would say to everybody, be thankful that Joe doesn't know me and Dave. Yeah, because I, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm thrilled he's here. And to me, that was a contract. We've said it a thousand times on the show. He was the guy you had to get signed just because of what he means to that team in this community. But holy shit, did he sign a team-friendly deal? Yeah, he holy did. shit, he, he did. And and look, I mean, Dave, tell me that number again. What did you just say? He's at sixteen point four. Sixteen point four. If it's over six years. And what's that? Del Posmer making twenty three. Yeah. And and don't and, you and, know? And, and look, I, I Myers Myers makes over twenty. Twenty. Yeah. I don't know, man. To me, Joe's a stud, a legit yeah. hammer at the top of the rotation. And I'm not saying Joe's not. I mean, Joe, Joe I don't expect him to go broke. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying oh, of course th- this is an opportunity of an elite player. And you're this close to free agency. Very much so. And people say whatever they want about Tony Gwynn. Look, you don't know Tony Gwynn's family. You don't know the, the yeah. difference of what they went through and, and what money and what things happened. But I'll tell you this. When Tony was making $4 million a year, and Gary Sheffield, who was also playing right field for the Marlins, was making $13 million a year. And you're for the same yeah. fucking position. And you're going, yeah. wait a second. And then people know. Financially, things didn't work out for Tony in the end. He could have used the extra money. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, 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 good for the Padres. Good for Joe if he's happy. It's not my money. It just if you're part of right. the players' association, this is one of those where you're pissed because you fucked yeah, it up you, for every, every other guy. It's it, it's that great uh, that great clip of uh, Ari from uh, Entourage where he's in the parking garage and he looks at his phone. Yeah. And then he just chucks it across the, the <laughs> right. Yeah. That's Tony Clark. <laughs> that that's is Tony, Tony Clark. Clark. Yeah. That's just Tony Clark just chucking that somewhere, just going, What the fuck <laughs> is going on there? Yeah, you're right. Gross Mancho. <laughs> Gross Mancho. That's Tony Clark. That's Scott Boris. That's everybody. So come on, Java Joe. It's you, you, yeah. okay, here's the other question I have for you. I was thinking about this the other day. Because Tatis, who yeah. I don't know why the fuck he's not back. It's July thirty first and he's still not playing. But Tatis, when he comes back. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm looking at this fucking team, and I understand they're 12 out, and they're trying to hold on to a wild card spot and everything else. And you go, where would they be if they had them the whole season? You have to think they would be better than what they are. I mean, they're one For of the sure. worst scoring teams in all of baseball. It's hard to watch Padre baseball if you're, when the offense is in and play outside of Machado. It's just hard to watch it. It's not fun. And it, you just sit there and go, holy fuck, can our pitching keep us in it for us to score a couple runs here? But when Tatis comes back, you agree with me that his first at bat, he gets a huge standing ovation from the crowd at Petco Park. Oh, yeah. Of when, course. When in reality, they should boo the fuck out of him. 
<laughs> they should. They should boo him and go, where you been? The party yeah. started four yeah. months ago. Where you been? Yeah, thanks for showing up. Yeah, doing wheelies and shit in the parking lot. What the fuck? Yeah, tough guy. But this fucking yeah. town's going to cheer the shit out of him. Oh, dude. Of like, course. It will probably be bobblehead night. <laughs> You know, Dave, I put, we just put poll questions up and look, I'm just a fan. You're just a fan. Everybody, right. Our, our opinions are all the same, but the sad thing is occasionally you, you look for team and and I really blame this on the chargers because you and I grew up Raider fans and it was a, a phrase that was beat into our head as a Raider fan early on, which was commitment to excellence. Yes. And, and the uh, San Diego has none of that. There's no commitment to excellence. It's commitment to, to pale ale and, and, you know, whatever else, right? White claws. <laughs> and, and that's it. That's your goddamn commitment. Okay. Hey, do I get the black cherry, uh, Bud Light, you know, spritzer? That's, a, that's all I need. That's all that is. And it's because the bullshit chargers were here and the chargers were number one forever and they taught you that as long as you were a Charger fan, you were never going to enjoy success, ever. You were going to have certain guys that came through no matter what the era was that you could celebrate and enjoy. But at the end of the day, it was going to be somebody else celebrating. And you were going to be, I don't know, putting for par at, at Coronado. And that's the problem. The Chargers are gone, but the mentality has stayed in this town. And that's a problem. Because for those of us that didn't cheer for that shitty team, and instead cheered for a team like the Raiders, and you would love to see that same commitment to, to you know, the Padres that you see for teams like the Raiders or other teams that are committed to winning uh, would be nice. I don't think it's that crazy. It's expensive to go out there, but I'm not a season ticket holder. And when I see a lot of friends that pay a lot of money for season tickets and they're just out enjoying the sunshine and taking selfies and, and having a great time, and enjoying those goddamn City Connect jerseys, man. Yeah. I, I, look, I don't get it. I, who am I to tell you how to live your life? Fuck it. Do what you want to do. I just find it insane because to me, this window is closing incredibly fast on this team. Incredibly fast. And uh, I mean, I had, I had a friend that wrote to me the other day to stay unnamed and hated the idea of including James Wood in the Juan Soto trade. <laughs> oh, I'm not doing it. What? Like, dude, Clevenger is gone, right? Darvish is gone. All these guys are gone. Like, Mania. this is the... Yeah. Manaya is gone. Nick, like, it's Nick all, Martinez. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's going to be gone. Like, Soto, uh, we all get it, right? You don't need to hear from me about Soto. But it's like, we're going to let James Wood hold <laughs> that deal up? Holy shit. No, like, we don't deserve it. No, we don't deserve it. Okay, that's it. We don't deserve it. And then the great thing that I saw today was that Joey Callow told a guy, or there were sources that told a reporter in New Jersey that the one team Joey Gallo was hoping to get traded to was the Padres. And I just, I just hope that's not the fallback for Preller. I just have to think, Dave. There's finally pressure on Preller to get this thing across the finish line. But if I'm Preller. Let's just say this, Dave. After Preller, and and who knows what happened last year with Scherzer and Turner, right? Yeah. But somebody floated that information to Ken Rosenthal. Somebody did. Whether it had to be from the national side, because we've seen with the Padres, nobody ever says anything about Padre trades until they're done. We didn't know any of these, a lot of these, right? 
So somebody from the Nationals floats back to Rosenthal that allows the Dodgers to come in to up their effort. They steal Scherzer and get Turner. If you're a Preller, you know, we always talk about, hey, our team's, you know, shady about dealing with Preller. But isn't that a little shady of Mike Rizzo, too? Oh, yeah. And and how willing would you be? I mean, Preller jumps right back in, right? Maybe birds of a feather, but... But, I mean, right now, when you're looking at it, um, and I'm sure Rizzo's going to ride this thing out as far as he can, but you got to be concerned. Again, if you're Preller, and all of a sudden you're seeing all these different reports that come out again, that San Diego's the leading place uh, to get uh, Soto. And you're like, dude, I've been down this road. It's what my son said to me last night. He said, we got burned last year. I'll believe it when I see his name in the lineup. Until then, don't tell me anything. He's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. So the the rumor is if they traded for Soto, that they'd be giving up Abrams, they'd be giving up Mackenzie Gore, Morion, um, Robert Hassel the third, and Joshua Mears. That's the that's yeah. the, the talk. Okay, so do you make that move if you're the pots? I'm saying let's say today, you know, AJ says, "Hey Jeff, you answer any call you want to answer and do whatever you want." Yeah. Do you make that move, or do you sit there and say, "Man, if I make that move, there aren't any other moves I could possibly make." Like this, this puts us in for Soto, but takes us out for anyone else we might possibly need, whether it's a a closer, a catcher, a center fielder, anybody. Well, just to answer the question, you need all three of those. But yeah. I think Tatis should be your center fielder. The idea that he takes ground balls at short continues to say what we've talked about is maturity and the ego and that he's running that team. Nobody else is because you're doing fine defensively there. He shouldn't be at short, but he'll put himself in short because that's where he wants to be. But ideally if Tatis was playing center field, you have that taken care of and you do, you need an upgrade absolutely in the bullpen. We told you the night he got here that Roger sucks. And the idea that, that uh, Bob Melvin, continued to roll him out there against the Tigers, a former division rival that knows Rogers sucks and just sat there and beat him in very winnable games makes me insane. But Dave, I don't know the farm system well enough to know. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what closers are available, right? Bard just signed an extension with the Rockies. So he appears to be off the market. I don't even know what closers are out there. You can go get Mark Melanson from Arizona. What's that going to cost him? But, but I, Soto is, you and I have said this nonstop. And I, and this is kind of why I love Preller because, you know, Preller makes me nuts, but there are elements of his game that I love. And there was a great quote from a scout or a, or a rival GM, somebody in the game that said Preller is obsessed with Soto and he'll keep going until he gets him. And you go, that's how it should be. That's how it should be, right? I mean, you can't have guys getting cold feet because you don't want to put James Wood in. James Wood could come in and be great. James Wood could be that guy that we look at later on and you go, man, we gave up. When you give up Trey Turner for Will Myers, that's a huge mistake. Okay. But, but somebody wrote the other day and, and I thought it was great. Boy, there were people in this town that freaked out that you traded Derek Lee for Kevin Brown. And yeah. Derek Lee had a great career, and Kevin Brown was here for one year and got you to the World Series. You're getting Soto for two and a half. Who knows how deep Pete Seidler would be willing to write a contract, and maybe Juan Soto and Machado and Tatis are the backbone. You know, That would be $1.1 billion if Soto gets what he wants. That's crazy, isn't it? Okay. I mean, three guys yeah. that don't even pitch, but still, it's $1.1 billion. 
Yeah, for a team that remember, I remember you and I doing a, a show out of Chargers Park the day Brian Giles turned down a trade. I think he was going somewhere, and he said they're going to strip this payroll down to thirty nine million. Yeah, and we we're like, hey, calm down, hey Giles, you relax over there. And I think they stripped it down to about thirty nine million. Brian Giles <laughs> was spot on right. Yeah, he knew it. Yeah, and he was right. But but to me, man, this is not. This isn't Ben Attendee. This isn't whoever. The, there are a lot of good players that are out there and available. You know, Loriano from the A's. Okay. There are, this to me, Dave, would be like if Tatis became available on the market. I think it's better. Honestly, God, no, I, I think got it's it, better. Just, just, for the fact, just for the fact Tatis shows up, he plays. Uh, yeah. I mean, for Soto, 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 some plays. Tatis doesn't show up and play. I mean, he's missed almost 50% yeah. of the games he should have played in. Yeah. But now all of a sudden, if you go and, and get uh, Soto and you put him in and down the road, James Wood turns out to be a hell of a player or Mears, right, or Hassel or any of these guys turn out, you go, okay. But that's the price you have to pay to go get a guy. I just, like, are, are we going to just hit the reset button and now we're going to wait for Wood and Hassel to get here? So Machado is, what, 34 and Tatis is 27, and we're going to play that game. Abrams is now 24, and who's pitching for us, right? Ryan Weathers, dynamite. Yeah. I'm, I'm not Dynam- interested in that. Dynamite. Pass. Yeah, <laughs> pass. I'll let those guys go, and, and that's why you got them. You got those guys because now you have a legit opportunity to go out and get the number one guy on the market who's an absolute stud, who in this market would kill it. Yeah, it'd be great. I, I just I pay the price. It was funny after uh, the game yesterday. I don't even know if you saw any of it, but after Abrams made that yeah. that mistake, made a, he made a big error that turned into like three runs. And I'm thinking a lot of Padre fans are saying, "Go ahead, make the deal, trade him." I'm not as attached to him as I thought I was, yeah, but it's uh, I'm one of those guys, man. I w- I would make the move for Soto. I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to tell you anything different. I think he's honestly the best player in, in baseball as far as hitting wise. He's just he's absolutely outstanding, and he's in a shitty lineup without a lot of protection. Yeah. He still gets on base 50 percent of the time, and he's only 23. He sounds like he's a once every 75 in a year kind of player. Like he is ridiculous yeah. on on what he does and for anybody who loves to watch hitters watch how long he keeps his bat in the zone it just i mean if, yeah. if you get tired of the strikeouts and all the bullshit man he is a guy that, that you want on your team he can do so many things for you man yeah. that'd be something and then, else and then i think what that does too is you go i also think dave that gives a little bit of life to preller because you said hey man you were the guy that went out and found wood and you found hassle and you found the guys that we traded to get uh, uh, Juan Soto, outstanding. We'll give you the opportunity and some time to, to replenish the farm system. Yeah. I mean, you, you've you been able to take guys and move them, right? I mean, there have been plenty of deals, see Ty France and others that blew up on them. But A if you're able to go on, yeah. But if you're able to go on against Juan Soto, uh, you're doing pretty well. I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day who's a Cubs fan, and I said, uh, we were talking about Darvish and I said, man, you know, I, I wasn't sold on Darvish and he's been great. And my buddy who's a Cubs fan said, yeah, he gave us the guy who's like 20 or 21 and he's coming up in the farm system. We're excited about him. I was like, well, man, that's the price you got to pay. Cause Darvish goes out and gives you a solid six, seven innings every night. Yeah. Pay the price to do it. Soto five nights, six nights a week is out there playing Dave. I just, I pay the price and I think Preller will pay it. 
I just hope Mike Rizzo gives them the chance to play it. Well, they say it's coming down between two teams. Right now, you're hearing it's the Padres or the Dodgers. <laughs> we'll we'll see how how it works no, out. No, well, I saw the what? Well, they had the the picture tonight with the Cardinals see, of Mike Rizzo shaking hands with the GM. And congratulations to our friend Jimmy Ross. I don't know John Schaefer at all, but Dave, I don't know. Did you see? Uh, John Schaefer and Jimmy Russell voted not only best sports talk show, but voted best talk show in the Union Tribune readers poll. And we know a lot of people in this town that downplay that. Hey, you know, uh, we don't really encourage votes, but it means so much to us to win. Dude, these two guys were so genuinely fired up to win. I don't know. I'm so excited for them. Like I said, I don't know John, but you and I have known Jimmy Russell a long time. And I love Jimmy Russell. I'm so excited that those guys hit the double dip. That was fantastic today. And it's just two dudes just grinding it out, talking baseball, doing their thing. And uh, I'm thrilled, man. I hope those guys win it 10 years in a row. That was great. What about Coach? Hey, I got my ass kicked. <laughs> those guys went out and got their pants dirty, Dave. <laughs> Not me. I got this. Braden, Braden brought me down. Yeah. <laughs> he pointed it at Braden. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if I if I had Adam Kluber, Adam, what's his name? That guy, Adam Kluber, Corey Kluber. If I had Corey Kluber with me every day, I probably would have won. But hey, those guys are scrappy. They're scrappy little guys. They're out there. We didn't even know they're on the air. And goddamn, they won two awards and went to dinner on the midway. Looked like they had a lot. Look, Dave, looked like they had a lava cake. You like lava cake, Dave? It's so fun. You put your fork in it, and then, oh, boy, here comes the lava. It's just smuckers. I like smuckers, too. Don't make me laugh, asshole. That's so funny. That's so fucking funny, man. That's so goddamn great. That's so great. But, dude, I'm just, because you know this town, there's so many bullshit egos in Market 64 that we have. Like, they're goddamn changing the world with their radio, and they're not doing shit. And I guarantee you, there's so many guys that woke up this morning that were like, wait, what? I lost the who, and I I love those dudes because John and Jim just go on and talk baseball every day, and it's fun. They're fans. They get excited, and uh, like I said, I, I don't know John at all, but, but I know Jimmy Russell, and he's a fucking great dude, and I was so just genuinely excited that those guys won today, man. Kudos to those guys. I I love what they do, but I didn't, they won best talk show and best sports show. Like, how cool is that? Good for them, man. That's awesome. Good, Good for them is right. Two guys that, that grind their ass off that got rewarded and well-deserved, man. I just thought, hey, hey, you know what, Jeff? Hey, let me ask you this. I'm sorry about your recent health scare, but does the term fuck off mean anything to you? <laughs> fuck off. I had health scares, too. You would have thought this town would have rallied around me, put a few votes in for the coach, but apparently not. Apparently the pretty boys won. Because I had uh, I had Braden over there doing nothing, writing offensive plays for Cathedral. That guy was pretty far. <laughs> talking about talking about which school is the best on the street. That's not good radio. Apparently not. Thanks, Braden. You dick. <laughs> Magic coaches goes off. Dude, I'd love for it. I've never seen him go off. I'd love to see him get angry one time. Yeah, but one, I, one I time. thought that was cool, man. I'm really excited for those guys. That was cool. 
Good deal. Good deal. All right. Hey, want to mention Dan Williams again. Dan Williams is your guy to help you out with your finances. So many people right now are wondering what's going on. It is hard to figure out what's going on, not only in the real estate market, but look at the stock market the last couple of days. All of a sudden things are making a comeback and you start wondering, is there a trend that we can actually believe is one to basically hang our hat on? Dan Williams is the guy you need to talk to right now regarding your finances, which way is the way to go. Again, it's one of the best calls you can make. Let's get you out of debt. 858-688-6813. 858-688-6813. Dave, you have to be out of debt in this town. I don't know if you saw the other day, I saw a thing. Average two-bedroom apartment in San Diego is 3700 a month. Are you kidding me? 3700 wow. a month. It's, it's obnoxious. And if you're paying that, we just say it all the time, you're paying somebody else's mortgage. You're not paying your own. Get your own finances lined up. Let Dan help you do it. And he can get you squared away, get your credit squared away, so that when the market adjusts, you can jump in. And all of a sudden, if you're paying numbers like that, which are crazy, at least it's for a property where your name's on the deed. Call Dan, 858-688-6813. Absolutely. Brian Curry is the guy you want to talk to when it comes to real estate. Jeff just mentioned the price it costs just to rent. What does it take to get you in a house? Can you find the right neighborhood and the schools and everything that you want when you purchase that home? Brian Curry is your guy. Know San Diego County better than anyone else. Don't waste your time with anyone because he's the guy that's been in business for 25 to 30 years winning all these awards. 619-251-1588. Again, Brian Curry, 619 619- Two five one one five eight eight. Yeah, I mean, I Dave, I don't know what four thousand a month pays for in this town, but the guy who does would be Brian Curry. It just that number was staggering to me when I saw it the other day, and it should be staggering to everybody else. The nice news is that Dan and Brian are working together to help you figure out what your number looks like in the market, and then uh, Dan can help you with that, and then he'll hand your file over to Brian. And Brian's going to find the house that, that works for you. I mean, so many amazing areas in this city where you can live from East County to the coast, North to South County, right? What's right for you? What's right for your family? What's right for uh, your kids and everybody in between? Yeah, let Brian Curry and his team help find the right house. There's a reason why they do it at the level they do. Absolutely. Taylor May Pools. Don't forget about Alan Taylor. Ask about available financing. You can get the pool that you've been thinking about for years. Look, the weather's getting warmer and warmer. We all know September is going to be crazy. you got to get on Alan Taylor's schedule. He's extremely busy because people have realized before you have that having that perfect pool is worth having. 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. Dave, as I spent the last four nights reclining at... Uh Scripps Green in La Jolla, I thought, well, if I was going to take four days off for a staycation, even though the staff was there and they made it incredibly comfortable, I'd much rather be next to a tailor-made pool. I'm just telling you, there's <laughs> not much I know, but I was right on that. And, and Dave's right. My kids go back to school this week. They go back to school on Thursday. But just because kids are going back to school, it doesn't mean that it's going to become fall and the weather's changing or nights are going to start getting cooler. No way. Dave nailed it. Uh, those Santa Anas are coming. It's going to be super warm. And with gas prices still high, why not do what so many have done? And that's relaxed back by a beautiful tailor-made pool. Dave, I just want to thank Al and Dan and BC, Kyle Pfluger, uh, for checking in the last couple of days. Those guys are great. But if you want to see what a tailor-made pool can look like, you really should. Go to DaveAndJeffShow.com. 
Trust me, it'll be easy to find because Dave and I make no contributions to that goddamn website <laughs> at all. Couldn't be any more lazy. But at least uh, the sponsors have stuff up. DaveandJeffShow.com under the sponsor page. Check out the tailor-made pools section, then find the pool that's right for you. Absolutely. You just mentioned Kyle Fluger. Kyle Fluger is a guy, of course, that has helped us out with our websites. He's not only done the Dave and Jeff show.com, he's also done uh, jakesprojects.org. He's done a fantastic job for us. The guy can work anywhere, as we have seen. The guy's sitting there running the, the country right now. I don't know what the hell's going on with Kyle. He amazes me. He lives the best life going. 600, 619-500-6621 is number again. 619-500-6621. Nobody's better with websites than Kyle Fluger. Yeah, I just today ordered a care package uh, for some friends that were kind of looking out for me. And it's just e-commerce. When you're like me, two days ago, you were like, am I in a coma? No, I'm just under anesthesia. Uh, anesthesia. Oh, okay. I thought I was in a coma. <laughs> uh, I probably shouldn't be out. They're like, you're fine to go out. Well, I'm going to support e-commerce anyways. And that's what I'm doing today, just from the comfort, trying to get everything squared away. But sending a few care packages out to friends and you can do it from the comfort of your phone. Is your website that easy? If it's not, you better give Flugs a call. That's it. All right, here we go. Quick game. Here we go. July 31st. How old are they and how much are they worth? We have three guys. We're going to start off with okay. Mark Cuban. Holy cow. This is great. Mark Cuban. I'm going to start with, I'm going to say he's safe. 64. God dang it. You nailed it. I mean, that is so much older than I thought. I didn't think he was 64. I know. Uh, but, but you had to look at it and say, he's been around for a long time. He looks great. Yep. I love him on uh, Shark Tank. And now I got to say, I'm going to say, Dave, he's, I don't think he's quite a billionaire, but he might be. I'm going to say 800 million. Okay. I'll tell you right now. He is a billionaire. Do you want to guess how many billions? Yeah. I'm going to guess again. Then I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to say uh, 1.8. 4.7. Four point seven billion. Yeah, four point seven billion dollars. Damn, dude. Yeah, good for him. He's cool. Yeah, I'm, like a, I'm a Mark Cuban fan. All right, Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. Let's say he's sixty-six. Sixty-two. Okay, and I don't think he's quite in the Mark Cuban range. I'm gonna say he's. <laughs> God, this is going to suck. I'm going to say $3 million. You know, it's, it's uh, $10 million. I'm shocked it's that much okay. money. I didn't think you would have, have that much money. Good. One of my all-time favorites. I love that, dude. Okay, good. That uh, makes me happy. I uh, needed that. All right, last one from the office. BJ Novak. BJ, have a punchable face, Dave. <laughs> well, do you just like him because Michael loved him? Remember? Yeah, that, I think so. that was such a. F and the thing is, BJ Novak's one of the main writers for The Office. You know. Oh yeah, he's great. And so it always cracks me up that it made it so Michael had to add that crush on him. And it, yeah. and I was like, who wrote that in here? Was it him that wrote that in there? Because that's funny as shit. Well, I liked it when he talks about that. It was very fun writing himself to be very annoying. <laughs> um, gosh, I'll say forty-three. Exactly right, forty-three. And I'll say uh, eleven million. Very close, ten million dollars. $10 million. Wow. Okay. That kid's pretty talented. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Five random questions. Would you rather right. have the ability to see 10 minutes into the future or 150 years into the future? Um, I'm, uh, oh boy. I tell you, I, at this point I'd settle for a week in the future to make sure I don't <laughs> end up back for my third trip to, to, to scripts. I'll take the, uh, I'll take the 150 years. Cause unlike McFly, I bet every goddamn Super Bowl ever, and then uh, me and uh, Aloha Taylor will retire to Cornell. 
<laughs> you and Aloha Taylor. Do you think she that would work yeah. for? Yeah, I have I this know. skill. I have this skill, Aloha. Trust me. All right. Would you yeah, would you rather find a true love today or win the lottery next year? The lottery, of course. Week. You can oh, win that lot. You could have both in a year if you just wait one year. You could win the lottery yeah. and find true love. You know, the, be, yeah, the old saying yeah. with Jeff Bezos with Lauren Sanchez. I just opened my wallet right. and there she was. There she was. <laughs> Listen, it's the uh, it's yeah. You know, I'm gonna do Dave. I'll be out of here because it's the goddamn funniest thing I saw on Twitter today was Lisa Ann. Yeah, did you see that? Did you see her? No, I didn't see it. What did, did she do? Oh, a cold shower is so refreshing, especially after a tough workout. And it's her in like a bikini. I'm like, you're out of control. Yeah. <laughs> move to New York. I'd move to New York and keep her on payroll and be like, introduce me to for your friend. It's amazing how quickly I'd find true love. Get the hell out of here. All right. Would you rather be chronically underdressed or overdressed? <laughs> overdressed. You yeah, gotta be overdressed. You gotta be overdressed. Right? Yeah, the thing is, it's not like we're in school. Like if you're in sixth grade and you're the guy that's chronically overdressed, you're, people yeah. goof on you. But dude, yeah, in the, in the work environment, yeah, in the work environment, dude, you're completely fucked if you showed dude, up like in a t-shirt, shorts, and sandals every day. It's one of my favorite stories at my current job. One of my favorite guys who's in a high-ranking position was telling a story to me about our president who I love. Yeah. And he said, yeah, let me tell you about that guy. He goes, when he was a little bit lower down the food chain about 20 years ago or 15 years ago, he'd show up every day wearing a coat and a suit. And I was always like, Hey, give it a break. Like, what are you doing? Okay. Give it a break. He goes, eh, well, now he's the president and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and, and those two guys are very good friends. So like, I'm allowed to tell that story, but it's like, yeah, man, show up. That is great. Dress for who you want to be, right? That is great. That's so funny. Yeah. But it's so great because he's like, I just, hey, tell me because I just busted him every day. Hey, calm down. Oh Enough with the suit. He's like, well, he's got the corner office. Oh, I'm down here talking to you. That's yeah. hilarious. All right. I got two more for you. Would you rather okay. have everyone you know be able to read your thoughts or everyone you okay. know have access to your internet history? I, I on both. You got to pick Neither. one. Neither. Dude, I, no. dude <laughs> you, should, you should have answered the question internet history like you're clean but now now you just oh, outed yourself no. <laughs> no chance that'd be the last thing we don't need any of that coming up holy cow are you kidding no way which one are you doing dude i'd go internet history my internet history. I'm not fucking part of Nambla. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> I, yeah. oh, but if everyone knew my yeah, thoughts, but- you know how many times I walk into the room after working with you for 25 years of thinking, look at this fucking asshole. If everybody could read my yeah. mind every time I thought that, great. oh, they'd hate me. They hate me already. But yeah. 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 Oh. yeah. Uh, listen. Uh, okay. I'll just leave it at this. I see a lot of the pictures from those backyard parties you guys have in Chula Vista. Yeah. Some beautiful women at that. You better be real careful with that answer. <laughs> tough guy. There's a, Cause there's a lot of beautiful women in that, in that backyard that are married to a lot of great dudes. But yeah. It's pretty big. So that's true. I would, uh, yeah. So yeah, take your internet history. <laughs> creeper, and, and pay that price. Yeah. All right. This one's tough, man. I, I wrote this down yesterday and I was like, man, this, this one? This, what about the last one? Oh, uh, the last one's tough. This one I think is even tougher. All right. We'll see. Maybe it's okay. not going to be tough for you. Would okay. you rather lose your sight or your memories? 
Oh, I'm old. I lose my memory. Yeah, me too. Dude, I, I, going I, blind, dude, I, I hate to say it, I would cash in my chips. I, I couldn't handle it. Yeah. I couldn't handle trying to go through life blind. I'd ask for that guy that I met two days ago yeah. to put me out. And yeah. then you and, and Dan and Curry and Flukes and Al could yeah. just wrap me up in carpet and yeah. just dump me in Santee Lakes. Done. That's why I don't go yeah, ice skating. Just, I don't want to pull an ice castle and lose my sight. Yeah, good thinking. <laughs> that's, why you're, that's why you're a goddamn genius. Uh, <laughs> I, again, like I said, not like I had a three-hour surgery abdomen the other day, so that's great. Yeah. Uh, I came in teeth straight. Uh, but hopefully uh, we can do one Tuesday night from the garage, and hopefully we're talking. I swear to God, Dave, if that goddamn Juan Soto ends up with the Dodgers, I'm going to bring a blowtorch down there and just I'm gonna set that whole room on fire. Just, you better make sure you – I'm just telling you right now, you better make sure you have fire insurance. Okay, what would, that would he be okay with Soto to the Padres and uh, Otani to the Dodgers? I don't, I don't think Artie can trade Otani. It's, I think Artie's they ego say is that, so bad. I, yeah, you're right. That GM, they said, loves the Dodger farm system. You know? Yeah. Well, let me ask you this real quick. Why isn't, why isn't, uh, Preller making a bigger, and who knows, maybe he is, but uh, let me ask you this. Yeah. Right now, if, if they're coming and offering you, uh, Otani, doesn't Otani help you as well? I mean, Otani oh, can't yeah. play right. I get that. But, but, but don't you? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, well, th- the funny thing is with Otani to the Dodgers is I, I think it honestly, is a better chemistry move for that team that's doing so well because he doesn't really take anybody's spot. I mean, Jake Lamb's spot, you know what I mean? It's the DH. But if you, if you use Otani, if you bring Soto in, then all of a sudden it does change things around. I mean, what do you do with the Bellinger or Muncie or whatever else, whichever bats leave in the lineup for, for defense you're going at. But Otani here would be unbelievable, right? Yeah, he, he would. He absolutely would. But, I mean, would you be fine if you go, hey, we got Soto. I don't care that the Dodgers got Otani, but we both got somebody. But we at least got Soto. That would hurt. No, I love Otani. And that would definitely hurt. I just, I look at first San Diego right now and I go, if, if okay, let, let me ask you this. You're Preller right now. You have, the Angels are on line one and the Nationals are on line two. Line, it's the same guys that we just talked about, right? Same package. Line one, the Angels give you Otani. Line two, the Nationals give you Soto. Which yeah. guy are you taking? I'm taking, if I'm the Pods, I take Soto because I think the Padres pitching is good. Well, it's good now, but you're yeah. losing a bunch of guys. You are. You, I you, might take Otani, Dave. Well, I might take Otani. I think it. I'd take Otani on that one. It's, because it, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. It's funny, yeah, I'm, watching, I'm watching both the Padre and Dodger game right now as we're talking. And Gonsolin's already given up three through through three and two thirds, and you go and dude, he's he's the worst pitcher in the rotation right now. Like he has not looked good since unbelievable one game before the All Star game, and he was the best pitcher in yeah. baseball. And like, now the only thing is, and we can talk more about it Tuesday. Hey, I, like I said, I think uh, I think Perry wants to move Otani. It makes sense. Yeah, it does. I, I just don't think Artie's ego would let him do it. I understand you get Soto for a year longer, but. Uh, I don't know. Soto's pretty special. Yeah, yeah maybe I, I go. I think maybe I go Soto. But dude, if Otani went to, I'm going to change that. Yeah, I think I, I would go Soto, no yeah. matter what. I, I would go just because age and everything else. I'll take Soto. Yep. But God dang, I'd love to see Otani down here too. That's amazing. That's amazing. All right, man. Feel better. We'll talk oh, to you hopefully thanks, in a couple buddy. days.
All right. All right. Thanks, Dave. See you. Bye. Sneaky backstreet door, I laugh so hard. 